Hello, everyone, and welcome out to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a podcast where I sit down with some of my friends in the local Columbus, Ohio theater, film an improv scene, and talk a bunch of geeky stuff. Some of it good, ooh, some of it bad, but all of it definitely geeky. If you enjoy our programs, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review, or subscribe and leave a review wherever you can get podcasts. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible. With over 200,000 titles to choose from, get one audiobook and two Audible originals each month included with your trial, even once your trial ends and normal membership begins. How rad is that? Best part is you own your library, meaning you keep the books even if you cancel with Audible, plus you get easy exchanges. So, don't love a book? Swap it out for free anytime. Sign up for your free trial over at audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Download the Audible app and start enjoying your new audiobook. Also, support for this podcast has been made possible by our Kickstarter backers, Ashley Carson, Catherine Ranella, Wooz, Yannick, Doug Poeta, Christopher LeBlanc, Andrew, Kenny, Jerome Wetzel, Casey May, Anonymous, Tavia Ordway, Anthony Portillo, Jen and Brian Petrie, Guest 16554255418, Laura Spires, Kimberly Barr, Kyle Jepson. We here at The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky just wanted to offer the following discretion that this episode was pre-recorded in the last few months of 2019. In this episode, I am here with... Matt Schlichting. And... Kyle Jepson. Boom, and we're going to sit down and talk about Dr. Sleep and probably a bunch of Stephen King stuff and probably The Shining as well. On this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, word of warning, there will be spoilers aplenty for all that and maybe more... So, listener, beware, and is there anything you want to say about Dr. Sleep, The Shining, or Stephen King? Join in the conversation by interacting with us on social media and email. Twitter and Instagram is username goodbadgeeky, or email us at goodbadgeeky at gmail.com. We may read your comment on a future episode. All right, enough said on my end. Will, roll them. So, little proclaimer, I don't know when this will air, but you guys are technically the first one of the off-season we're recording. So, <laughs> Look ooh, at us. I know. Um, but th- watch it, this will be like the last one where's of the badge? year. Where's my badge? Where's, where's my badge? <laughs> I'm excited, though, because we're talking about Dr. Sleep. Before we begin, we'll just throw out there, what is your experience with The Shining? Whether it be the book, the movie, or both. And we'll, we'll start with Matt, and then we'll bring him back around to me. Sure. Uh, I was lucky in that I got to take an entire class on Kubrick in college. Wow. um, That was basically, we read The Shining and A Clockwork Orange and Lolita, and then watched, we read those and then watched the movie adaptations and talked about, like, the differences between them and all of that. Yeah. So... The Shining was a lot of fun because I hadn't read it before that class. And of course, when I read it sophomore year of college, it was a completely different book than when I read it like five years later. Just wild how different that book and movie are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King openly 
he thinks it's a well-made movie, mm-hmm. but he in terms of in terms of an adaptation, he said it failed almost across oh, the board. For ca- sure, it's kind of like how David Lynch feels about Dune. Like he did, he never really wants to talk about. It. He's like, that's not. I know, and I wonder if maybe that's what Spielberg feels about Hook. You know, because Spielberg is very much like it's the worst movie in my catalog. I just don't want to talk about it. And I'm just I like disagree, Stephen. I, okay. No, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm just like, and Dustin Hoffman feels the same way. So I'm just like, did you feel like uh, you just failed the adaptation of the of the world or whatever? I don't know, but no. Yeah, so that's yeah. So and then, uh, have you read the the book Doctor Sleep? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, and it's yeah. The Shining, <laughs> the original book is is one of my favorite Stephen King books mm-hmm. because it's the one in which like that and Misery are the ones I think where yeah there is some paranormal stuff going on but it's grounded in actual human pain and Char- suffering yeah, and that's where it comes from. Yeah. Have either of you seen the super painful uh, Stephen King penned always TV really... adaptation uh, that he no. like made in response? To? Oh, Rose Red. No, no, like The Shining was like a like Stephen oh. King was the um, screenwriter of like a, a mini series of The Shining. It is painful. <laughs> okay, long because he wants to. He like wants he wants he wants it to be the book basically, but yeah. on screen. So my. Uh, not to interrupt, because I'll, my next thing yeah. will be away to you, but no, I, to try, follow that thought. I remember, like, probably, like, right around when I was graduating high school, so 99 into 2000, maybe it was a little bit after, I remember that Stephen King did another miniseries called Stephen King's Rose Red, and mm. it was also supposedly a response to The Shining, and now I just wonder, and granted, I actually thought it was really good for, like, a made-for-TV miniseries, mm-hmm. but, like, and I just remember the, he's a, he's an improviser, he's always in, like, the Christopher Guest movies, mm-hmm. he was the guy that, um, in Best in Show, him and uh, the one girl had the dog with the little ducky or the little bee. He's really weird, dude. Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah, I can't think of his name. Like yeah. he, he was also like he also does drama, dramatic roles. He does drama roles. <laughs> Jesus, Nick. My favorite. He was kind. in uh, <coughs> uh, uh, Serenity. He played the guy that dies at the beginning of the movie. Um, okay. He gets run through. Yeah, that guy. <gasps> Yeah, yeah, he was like I just remember he gained a lot of weight. He's in Silicon Valley as mm-hmm. the he gained a lot of weight, and uh, he played like this asshole psychic. And you realize like he's kind of the lead, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like but Nancy Travis is a lead, and mm-hmm. she's really uh, it's I enjoyed that. But anyway, sorry that was way too long of a tangent. <laughs> what did you think? Was your experience with The Shining book or movie or both? Okay, so I actually just recently came around on Stephen King. Like I never really read any, Damn. I, but more recently I've started reading his books. Um, just kind of like, because I think I was talking to you, like when I read Jurassic Park, like I went to the book loft. Yeah. And did like, I bought like Jurassic Park, The Shining, and a couple other like, you know, the like That's modern classics, we'll call them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I watched The Shining, the Kubrick movie, pretty early on, I want to say. Like maybe yeah. like when I was in my like middle school, teenage <laughs> years. I don't really remember. But yeah, and then I read the book after the fact. And then I read Dr. Sleep as kind of a follow-up to that. Yeah. Especially, and this is just me being thirsty, but especially after I learned that Ewan McGregor was going to be yeah. the lead. With, with sporting his Obi-Wan beard, which he did look really good in. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I love it, too. Even when he's drunk and in the movie, he's, like, doing the Obi-Wan, like, oh. beard rub. Like... Yeah, uh, so that was actually kind of why I decided to... Like, I wanted to read Dr. Sleep, and, like, I liked The Shining, the movie, so then I'm like, oh, I'll read the books, and then I'll go see the movie when it comes out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, aside from that, though, like, I want to read more Stephen King, but also, there's just, 
I, I need to like kind of filter out like the Stephen King Coke years, like the Cujo years, yeah. and then also the, uh, and then I need to like kind of weed out for like the miseries and the ones that are like pretty choice. Yeah. Well, what about Carrie? What are your thoughts? Because Carrie was when he was doing Coke too, wasn't it? That was I thought that was his, like his first novel. Though. It was I mean, his first major he, novel. He's been like. He's had a problem with alcohol and drugs for years. I mean, until he got sober, but it's not like Cujo where he doesn't remember writing, writing it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... That's kind of more, or like the Langoliers, like the ones oh. that are like you know, like a, oh, a doorstop of a book. book. Yep. <laughs> well, I do remember he told a story on how he came up with the idea for Cujo, but he doesn't remember anything else. Like went writing, which is yeah. he went to he bought like a, a Harley Davidson or something, and he went mm-hmm. to some, but it was like through a newspaper ad, and so he went to this guy's house in the middle of wherever Maine. And it looked like a horror movie, which he's like, well, this is funny. If I die here. And then the, the only thing that he saw when he got to this old house was a big old mean ass dog. Mm-hmm. And the, like, no matter where he went, and the guy was like, oh, the dog's a puppy. He'll love you. And the dog did not like him. Yeah. And I was just like, well, there you go. I will say uh, a very good friend of mine who I won't name, but uh, grew up reading a lot of Stephen King. Yeah. Like, the parents were like, oh, books. Books are fine. But then, like, when I was talking to her about reading The Shining for the first time, told oh. me The Shining was how she learned what semen was. Because <laughs> ah. there's, like, a passage that Wendy talks, like, a feeling like, you know, Jack's, like, seed trickling down her thighs or something, like, a little more poetic than that. Dear Lord. But I'm like, wow, so Stephen King was part of your sexual awakening. Interesting. Okay. So, so <laughs> as you could probably just learned, I had not read that book. Um, I have not read Dr. Sleep. Um, I have actually only read two Stephen King books and actually it's one and a half and it's not because I don't enjoy them. Mm -hmm. I'm just also really slow at reading books now, even though I enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've read on writing and that's the one I read like halfway through and then I put the book down to do other things and that was like two years ago and it's not that it's bad. It's just like things gone the way. Like I have another book in there I started in. It's the same thing. I actually have two books in there. Like it's the daily show and the, was it the guys who did the uh, fly not fly the Concords, all the, the the Nixon reports Watergate? Oh, Woodward and Woodward and Woodward yeah, and Bernstein. That yeah, Bernstein yeah, yeah. Was it the Trump book that he wrote that came out like half a year ago? I got that and I started reading it and I, I put that down too because of other stuff and so it's the same thing. It's no disrespect to. Did you just mix up Flight of the Concords and Watergate? I just no, it yeah, was Flight. Did. I did, I did. Well, no, no. I, oh. Although now what am I'm, I, gonna, what am I, I'm just gonna put out in there, out there into the universe. I do really want the Flight of the Concords to be Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, yes. that would be, let's, let's like, talk about that's that. really so. So um, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. So, no, but why was I okay? So no, that's called All the President's Men. So that makes it even further of a fuck up because that's the name of that All the President's Men. But what the fuck was I thinking? Wasn't there a movie in the three days of the condor that's what i was fucking thinking nick something logic like folks nick logic it's a movie in the 70s i think robert redford was in both if not another dude who's in that movie i can't think of is is in both it doesn't matter so you haven't read a lot of series. i have not read a lot of, and i read eyes of the dragon which years later i found out like the bad guy in that is the main bad guy through his opus of the black tower randall flag my old yeah. roommate hate read all of those the dark tower books like he said, he liked the first couple, but then after that, it just gets very romantic. Uh, maybe I don't even remember. Yeah, you well, at one point he, be... he he got hit by the van and decided to just finish the last three. Okay, oh, so that's the time. <laughs> that's so... I didn't know that. I mean, it's sad, but no, yeah, he, he literally got a letter at one point from a woman, and she was like, "I just need to know what happens to Roland and his and friends." He, and he didn't want to get misery, so yeah, yeah. And so he wrote 
it, it, it took what twenty years to write the first four, and then he wrote the last three in like two thousand two through two thousand four. So what you're saying is George R. R. Martin needs to get hit by a, a van, take a note, dude, and and then recover. And he's like, maybe I should finish these books. Yeah, I already have technically two of them written, but I'm just. Well, Edit it away. Burp, 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 burp. Up till the end of book four, the Dark Tower is like the best fantasy series of all time. So, and I didn't, I guess, again, being not a, a fan, I've, the movies I've enjoyed his movies, even not the great ones, like Sleepwalkers, kind of holds up in a weird way, and and also it's just creepy cat people, and I don't <laughs> like cats. So, um, I have uh, not seen The Shining recently. It was probably about five to ten years ago and then i watched and then i watched dr sleep Mm -hmm. but the one thing i like in all his movies is that there is kind of a prevalent theme and i we kind of talked about it for a second because matt texted me right when he saw it after he saw it, he's like we're gonna talk about stuff i was like yeah one of the interesting things was is that fear is a the 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 feeling of fear makes the deaths if they're going to be eaten much sweeter mm-hmm. and that's a big theme in it and that's also a big theme in in this one which is again it's their psychic energy but like which i just found to be you know with that poor little boy getting oh, yeah i like i i just feel like if i was 17 and i watched that and i was just like die little boy i don't care i mean i guess if it really happened i feel sad but like not really no no like i was very uncaring i don't but no, I just watching that whole movie. Every like when the little girl was like, "Don't go over there, little girl." <laughs> the beginning of the movie, and yeah. I was just like, "Jesus!" I was like a mess by the end of it, and I'm just I'm, I'm old, is what I'm saying. Uh, Before we really dive in, have either yeah. of you watched? So the director of this movie was also like the director slash showrunner of Haunting of Hill House, which was on Netflix last Halloween. Did either of you? No, oh, I, I you heard should. it was good. It's very good. It actually, okay. that also was a big reason that I wanted to see this movie specifically because I'm a very, I really like, I don't know his name, so I'm a terrible fan, but I really, really enjoy the work that he did on Hill House. Like, it was just this kind of great masterclass in character study. Only because I'm actually prepared for once. Oh, and by yeah. I say prepared, it's like barely. Mm-hmm. Mike Flan, it's called IMDb. Mike Flanagan. 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 Um, yeah, it it was I so the thing I re, I do know about the book is that and which where Kubrick failed in terms of The Shining was that not fail it just was very different was the Overlook it seemed to possess him mm-hmm. and that was the drive for everything like, yeah he was an alcoholic and all this and that but like that was the focus while in the book it's like no that shit was there the whole time and the hotel's involved but like well so in the book the the hotel the overlook basically wants Danny at the end of the day, I think, right? Like, yeah, there's, there's talk right. about Jack also maybe having a little bit of shine, but not as much I, as... I think he definitely did, he yeah. ha- I mean, he had to have, but n- not as much as Danny. So I think the, ho- the overlook goes through Jack to get to Danny, ultimately, in, right. in the book. <clears throat> and that kind of sort of was the case here again at the end of this movie, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Like, but... And then there's just other weird stuff that got changed. Like the ending is completely different from the book, The, the Shining. Yeah, in, the he co- still freezes to death, but like all the stuff leading up to it, no, doesn't no, he? No. Doesn't so he? what happens in the book? So the ending of the book is. Um, Whoa. Okay. Wait. So Dick Halloran does not die, which, like. Oh no! What about Jack? Jack does. Oh, however, he does. Yeah. He, oh, he dies. So he gets <laughs> he gets possessed by the hotel, um, chases Danny around like he did, but not in the maze. But then what happens is essentially uh, 
The, he remembered what he forgot. Yeah, he remembered what he forgot, which is the boiler, which is what happens in Dr. Sleep, which we'll get to. Mm. Like, the boiler gets to critical mass <coughs> as far as pressure, and then explodes, and explodes the entire hotel. Yeah, and, and Jack Dick, tries to get there on time, and doesn't does. quite do it. But basically, it kills the hotel. And then um, Dick, Wendy, and Doc, Danny, make it, make it out alive. Shit, okay, I thought he still froze to death nope. in the Hotel Blue. Oh, Explodes. My. Jesus Christ. Okay, so I don't know what happened in the novel. Um, <laughs> I mean, I thought I did. Well, no, here's my problem, too. I also, in preparation, like, a week ago, I read the Wikipedia for The Shining, the mm-hmm. book, mm-hmm. and apparently either someone wikipedia the fuck out of it in a bad way, or I also <laughs> then read the Wikipedia for The Shining movie to refresh myself, and that's probably what you happened. Well, I mean, that, I mean, the- yeah. Like it or not, sorry, Stephen King, but like the the Shining movie is kind of a definitive, I'd say, at least as far as yeah. popular culture oh, goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of the reasons why, like, whatever you think about Ready Player One, like the Shining moment in that movie is the best part of that movie for a lot of people, and because like the visuals that Kubrick did are so iconic, and they are actually terrifying. Like, I just remember the like and some of the shots, and they recreated that here too. Mm-hmm. The fa- I mean, it's just, but. And Matt says something in his text, and we'll talk about this, of course, as well, which is it's one of the few times where the movie is it, it, it is a faithful it, it best as it can be a faithful adaptation, but it's also a, of the book and the movie. It's, yeah, that's, that was my I think my biggest quibble with it. Honestly, okay. it, was, it, it was very apparent that Flanagan was trying to serve to masters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there were some parts, of, there were some changes that I, I was like, oh, okay. And then there were some that I was like, mm, okay. But what, again. What, what changed, I didn't like that Danny died at the end. And I know he lives in the book. He does live in the book, yeah. Which, there was, I mean, it broke my heart because like he finally, to me. Especially because he did the work to be better, to become better. Right. That, it, it kind of bummed me out. Although I do like that they kind of retconned and exploded the hotel in this right. movie. <laughs> well, I honestly, I love that he died at the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's story wise. It's, 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 it's good for because, me, but like it, it, it sort of, and this is going to get sort of out there in the King mythology, but like Jack blows up trying to stop the boiler in the original one in the book, uh, doesn't in the movie. And so we get this weird crossover where Danny finally dies the way that his father did in the book, but in like the right way where he was probably going to die from the axe chop to the leg anyway. Mm -hmm. And he did enough uh, to let Abra get away. Mm -hmm. And then in my mind, like this could just be the outcome of one of the many cycles of Ka spinning as a wheel that like, this has gone through. Hmm. And so the book Damn. series is one way it happened. The movie series is another way it happened. There's a third way it happens at the end. Mm-hmm. And this is just sort of like Danny dying at the end of the movies and still living on where Abra can see him is sort of like Roland starting again with the horn at the beginning of the Dark Tower at the end of the Dark Tower. Jesus, so yeah, you're getting some deep shit here, man. Okay, okay. Like, that's sort of how I saw it at the end, which for me was like, that's so cool. The beginning is the end is the beginning. Kind of. I also I also liked uh, the little tidbit that like he remembered from the start about the boiler. <laughs> like, you know, the kind of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to go back to like the beginning of this. Yeah, movie. of so course, of course. How would you all feel about the lookalike casting? 
there's a part of me that was bummed, but I, I like the fact that, I mean, they, they committed to it. Well, I read, I read something today that Flanagan talked about, um, see, I'm remembering his name now. <sighs> he talked about how he, like, basically thinks that, like, digital de-aging, but also uh, digital replacement just isn't there yet, which, like, he's what's up, he, George Lucas? Like, like yeah. take a page. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like... Here, my biggest quibble with it was like Danny and Dick looked great. Like whoever they got to play Dick Halloran, like I yeah. really good. Legitimately looked like the same guy. They did, but like went, but then Wendy. Uh, I was like, like, like you, could, you couldn't find. I know Shelley Duvall has a very, very distinct look and a distinct voice. I get sure. that. There's got to be like. Well, a, not a better choice, but like someone who maybe just looks a little closer. Like it, it just that that really threw me at the very beginning. Yeah, she like, shows up, and I'm like, "Damn, Mrs. Torrance!" So <laughs> 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 now I know Matt likes brunettes uh. already. I mean, I'm not. Oh, oh, another change from the book, Nick, that you might not know is um. So Wendy in the book is blonde. And, yeah. The fuck? Okay. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying I was expecting like a blonde Wendy Torrance to show up, but like, <laughs> like she dyes her hair when yeah. she moves or something yeah. to look different. I did dig also at the very beginning just that little sting of the shining, like the opening mm-hmm. that was really mm-hmm. nice. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, so uh, I saw it in Dolby, and I will say both. I, I, my experience with movies at the Dolby Atmos Theater at, at either Easton or Lennox has been the best movies have been horror movies, and both of them have been Stephen King so far, oh. which is Doctor Sleep and like. I just remembered. So I was at, I went to Studio Thirty Five to yeah. see this movie because I had a free pass because yeah. I'm poll right now, and uh, I feel you. At one point, like the sound I heard, there was like it was part of the movie, like a scratching sound behind, like behind me. On yes, the and I legit turned around and was like, "Who is there?" Yeah. It was it's real, cr- it was a good sound mix. Well, the moment, the moment, and again, we're cutting ahead just for sound purposes, but the moment where they are going up the mountain and all, and they start doing that awesome crane shot to the overlook, and all of a sudden it, it goes from the normal score, and then you just hear it's almost like a, it's overdone now in trailers, but it's the. Wow, 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 I'm speeding it up. But like, but like, but with that pounding in the background, like you could start feeling it. It's like what I wanted when they remixed Jurassic Park a few years ago and IMAX 3D where they completely redid the sound and yep. it was, and instead it was just like, <laughs> but this was just full on like okay. roar. Yeah, no, it was. So now I want Jurassic Park, but all the dinosaur sounds are just cats meowing. <laughs> <laughs> meow, 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 meow. But no, like I just remember the sound for that, and also it chapter two was like it was terrifying, mm-hmm. and in, in all the best ways, like it. So every time something, like you could just feel your seat shake. I was like, oh shit! Mm-hmm. It just it really put you in it, which I don't usually get that when I see a film in a normal theater. Sometimes it's it's weird. Like the mix in general mm-hmm. across the board was phenomenal. Yeah. I haven't done one of these yet because I hate the very concept of it. But is this movie available in 4D? I wonder what that would be oh, like. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Uh, well, so technically, I think Dolby Atmos is forty-two. Like, so it's like because one of their well, big no, I mean, ads with the whole like the oh like the where it's, like, oh if, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I see screen, what you're it, saying. Like, it's like those terrible water hits you <laughs> at Disney parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Blood starts coming out of the elevator. <laughs> and you just feel sprinkles. Oh, I mean, God. I'm not gonna lie. That would be kind of funny and cool and terrifying, especially if you have no idea that they've added. There's yeah. like it's a four D experience. It's a wonderful sound, and it's like you're right there, and then. 
the blood hits and uh oh my yeah gosh. so going back to the beginning of the movie uh we'll, we'll keep yeah, going so the, the the cast yeah so I li- like i like danny i liked halloran like wendy was a good actress do not get me wrong yeah. however they all had a really tough job yeah oh absolutely um no that scene in the apartment though like that that was what i remember scared me the most when i was when i first saw this movie was the woman in the bathtub in 2237 so I don't know yeah, yeah. Uh, 237 in the movies in- 217 in the books Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But no, like I remember that being like the one that really kind of stuck with me and would to this day if I go over to like a friend's house and their shower curtain is drawn like I'm that weirdo who like opens it and checks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's valid. And also, you want to see if they have an unsightly bathtub ring. I mean, it's cool. I get it. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I really I liked that. And that was another one of, like, the changes from the book to the movie. I got really confused when Dick turned out to be a ghost, and then I had to, like, remind myself, oh, wait, he died right. in the Shining movie. But you can't really explain the beginning of Doctor Sleep without him having that encounter with Dick. Absolutely. So I thought they handled that well. I still think it worked with him being a ghost. Yeah. But um, I definitely had, like, a momentary lapse of, wait, what? Because I remembered the books more recently. So did they did they tell you in the books what happens when they go into the box? No. no. Yeah, you still don't really. Yeah, know. it's never really explained. I mean, it that's go- kind of cool. It kind of yeah. goes to that 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 dick line of, "Do you care?" Right. <laughs> yeah. No. Does it, it? Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, but there's a part of me though that's just like, well, especially since they were going to trap her in there. Mm-hmm. That's when I was just like, would they? I, that's where I became curious because, like, I want her to suffer. I think it's like yeah. diff- that's, they definitely that's why. starve. Is that but maybe like that... I don't know if she would cycle in there, for example. I don't know because I mean it's like it's ghosts primarily in the boxes, and she's although she has like an undead quality to her, she's still yeah. technically kind of like a flesh and blood being, right? Y- yeah, yeah. Also interesting, and it didn't go the direction I thought it was going to go, which is probably which was fine because some other bad shit happened. They also show at the beginning of the movie the girl getting turned. My writer brain was just like, oh, she's going to turn on them at the end. Mm. And it's like, nope, she died with the ship. <laughs> um, yeah, no. And, and in, in, what is it, in the book, she, like, she has sex with... Uh, Danny? With, no, with um, the hat. Why can't I remember her? Oh, yeah, oh, they're, they're like a... They get it on. Oh, yeah. Like everyone in, oh, the, like oh, in the, the true uh, Yeah, Rebecca Ferguson or something like that. Yeah, 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 Rose the Hat. Rose, that's it. But yeah, there's like this whole thing where like after she gets turned, like she's super horny, so her and Rose like have sex in her trailer and it's just, it's, you know, one of those randomly just kind of thrown in their Stephen King sex scenes. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly Stephen King's what it and is. He probably gets a note from his era. It's like, what if we want to sell this to HBO? We need a sex scene, Steve. <laughs> <sighs> well, okay, I'll do it if you want me to. <laughs> But yeah, there's like they because they turn her and also that actress. Maybe I'm just old and I can't tell age anymore. But like that actress did not look 15. No, I didn't think so. No. Oh no! Uh, like when she had that line about little girls, I was like, "And you care why?" Emily, I think it was Emily Allen Lind. Yeah, I don't know. She was yeah. super cute. But I thought that was like, oh, they're gonna see because she looked like she was kind of sad that they were killing the. I'm going to get a picture of him doing it. I know. For those of you at home, because podcasts are such visual mediums, Matt's doing filthy, filthy things to the microphone. The little boy, for those who don't remember, uh, he was in the movie Good Boys. He was like the lead boy. And he was also Wonder. 
the the if you ever seen the movie Wonder, which is really good and also but super sad, like yeah. you want to slit your wrist to see color. Um, What's <laughs> no like that's how that's how like good but also depressing it is. It's just Ooh. like Jesus. Okay. That's the uh, what's what's the movie with Eric Stoltz from the eighties where he's like has like a lion oh, face mask. thing going on. It's like mask, but for kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I and I think they I think they they make a reference to it in the book because actually, so when I started dating my wife, because my she wife. she deals with children, uh, uh, they were reading Wonder out loud in class, and so I read the book and it and the chapter she gave me, she's read it before. And she did not know she did this, but it was the chapter where the dog dies. And I'm reading it, and I just, it was bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to read, and like the kids are crying. I'm trying not to cry. I'm failing. It was very bad because they're just like, you're a better reader than her. (laughs) But then until I started choking up, and then they start, it was bad. But no, it is a really good book, and the movie was actually really good. But Jason, I think this is Jason Trumbly. He's the kid that plays the baseball player that gets brutally murdered in this movie. That was and, so and it, that it was, fucking hard. It that was. was. And technically, it was very tasteful how they did it, too. But, like, they it did, also, but it also was just so visceral. Like It, it was, it, yes. It, like, it made my skin crawl. And I'm usually pretty, like, kind of okay with I'm, scenes in like, horror I'm not pretty, okay but you know I'm immune to it like immune, I'm, I'm like yes. cool 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 this is it's a movie it's fake but like that I was just especially like after he had like passed her like essentially like almost like CPRing the additional like steam oh, out of yeah. him yeah Damn. it felt Ooh. yeah I mean it, it served the movie incredibly well but it sitting did. there in the seat I was just like you kind of uh, wanted to look away. This is as uncomfortable as I felt seeing a scene in a movie since, like, Hostel 2. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Damn. I mean, that's, it's like, um, oh, God. It, like, this, the, the modern day of this movie is supposed to be 2014, I think. Ish, yeah. They, they, had, they had a date on it. But, like, my, you know, my, like, spidey sense tingled because I'm like, why is this child walking home alone? Oh. This would make way more sense in the 90s, but, like, why, yeah. how, how can like this coach be like oh yeah you're just gonna walk on like a lonely highway with no sidewalk through a cornfield cool cool bye see you next practice that, yeah now in retrospect and by the way I do actually think that it took place in 2019 but they did that thing where they did like how many, 20 years later 1990 or 2000 whatever mm-hmm. and then they just said three years or four years later oh, you're right, and, and because I did I did wow. math I'm bad at math and I was just like it literally took me out of the movie going no, you're 20, right. 2018, Because, like, 2019. 2014 is after we, we wake up to, after uh, Danny's bender. Oh, my right? God. Okay, that girl did die, right? Or so, did she just she, puke? She's actually way more explored in the book, too. I think so. Like, it's oh, been a little while since I read the book. I, I read it but, about a year ago. Because so, during the scene, I was like, oh, my God, did she OD? And then he just yes, leaves her there? but I don't think she died in the book right I don't there? think it's, like, quite... At, I don't think that is when she died. I think it's shortly after at least that's how i took that's how i interpreted yeah. it but no like what it, also just a little side note like that like montage of him going through a bender and getting into a fight who had some nights like that before like just i thought they did that very well just kind yeah. of the, yeah. like the like sort of patchy sort of like cut together remembering what you had to what you were doing the night before yeah and and it didn't hit you over the head with it but it also talked in, in that scene in the follow-up because then uh, the guy showed his his shiner. The guy who gives him hints was it, what was his name again? Tom or no? Um, uh, he's like an amalgam of two characters from the book, but uh, yeah, uh, Billy, 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 you're right. Yeah, Billy Freeman. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, was that my stranger? I thought he played like in? Dick Halloran. 
the, the ghost that told him about the boxes. Oh, Dick. Oh, that's yeah. Dick. Yeah. yeah, Dick. When Dick shows up and he's just like, you shouldn't take that money. Like, he, he, and he, kind of, he sets it up that, yeah, alcohol dulls what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's why I can't really visit you, or what? I, that's what I got from that scene, and they, they they didn't explicably say that, yeah. but they were, and I was just like, "This is really well, yeah," because he was like, you knew it was Dick, but he was like super blurry, and his speech was slurred, mm-hmm. right? Right. And like, it, it's especially in the book a lot more obvious and talked about that part of the reason Danny drinks so much is because that's how he turns it off. Mm, that's how he dulls it because he doesn't want to feel like. He doesn't want to oh, feel it all oh, the time. Oh, totally. And they, I think they get to it a little bit in that last scene where Rose is like, how did we miss you? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I've been drunk for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, and then at that point, it was just kind of, it was like half off, mm-hmm. you know, where it was like just bubbling below the surface but being used like, um, and and the little girl, I'm glad that they made reference to, because my first thought is, and I don't know how it is in the book, but when he meets Abra in the park and he's like, you, you know how weird this is right now that we're doing this? Like, I could get in a lot of trouble just because you have no other adults around. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, very valid point. Why is no one? And I was like, wait till the dad finds out. And then yeah. they do that nice little, like, <laughs> show him trick. Your Uncle Dan? <laughs> like, I just... Yeah. I, I, I loved his, like, walking up on you and like, oh, your Uncle Dan? Yeah. Like, that was I was like, geez, oh, shit. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, like, when... Stanley like reads Ryan the riot act on the office like don't be sniffing around my daughter she is 12 years old and I was like oh Whoa. yeah 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 which now did did the dad die in the book no no that was that was another thing that I was like there was like some extra death that I'm like mm, was that needed like well I, they I made the ending cleaner for it, what they did in yeah the movie. that is true that it, is it, and and also yeah I, the, I guess that was a subplot now I'm thinking about we're kind of all over and I'm sorry yeah uh, but like the subplot of how she feels with her parents, they, I mean, I understand it from her perspective, but like, I felt like maybe there was a scene cut or something, but like her mom, I, I didn't feel her mom was judgy enough of her supposedly if that's how she felt by her mom. Cause she's like, I can't tell my parents because they look at me weird. And the dad looks, looks like a dad where he's just like, well, I don't know what you're talking about kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, who wants macaroni and cheese like mm-hmm. uh, he didn't do that in the movie but like that's the vibe I got from him so I can understand that but the mom is the one who has the emotional beat at the end with her and I'm just mm-hmm. like you aren't that judgy to me well and in the book there's like this whole kind of other subplot of um the grandma that yeah. mom goes to visit who like because the grandma yeah. is, is she, she does have a shine or she, shines. She, she shines and like she has like this kind of like input to Abra and like raising her and rearing her because um there's like this whole like other also subplot of when Abra's a baby she like gets like kind of colicky screamy like and screams for hours on end and then will stop and in the book it's revealed that she stopped screaming the moment the uh planes hit the two towers on 9-11 so like she was she had like a premonition about it basically when she was a baby it kind of gives you an indication of like how powerful how powerful she actually is jesus and then like in the book there's like a old like awesome italian grandma who like basically is like here's what you do and then yeah so that was like kind of written off, which I know like it's, it would have made that movie like three and a half hours yeah. long, but I did kind of miss like the grandma character from the book. Well, I thought the grandma would have come back at least as, as like a, a ghost in from, from part of her shining or whatever. What do they call that in the books officially? Like the spirit that's there. Like, so when Danny shows up at the end at their house or mm-hmm. Dick or 
whoever what what is that because is it just a spirit or is it just they like they really name them do they i don't think so it's no. it's i i don't know i feel weird like i'm trying to talk about like that i was like i'm surprised she didn't come as a spirit to abra ghosts. yeah well or, or her dad even too well, or, they call it the, they call the overlook ghost ghosts so i mean i'd say maybe yeah the ghost no i yeah there was the book is really interesting if you ever do get a chance I to I do read want it. to read it really the bad. The only parts that I kind of was like, ugh, about, which I was also a little ugh about in the movie, was um, the true not, like, parts. Like, in the movie, I think they streamlined it a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I'm just going to say, hearkening back to my earlier thirst comment, is it bad that I would still totally bang Ewan McGregor, even at his worst sleeping under a bridge? And that drink? is the best-looking homeless alcoholic I have ever seen. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like his hair looks really good right now. <laughs> Even like with like those red circles under his eyes, I would I would still, like I was still just like yep would would do. Yep. There's some dirt there, but uh, it looks like his what is it uh, was it rosary that people some people can get where they're rosacea, their cheek, or rosacea or whatever. He yeah. looks like he has rosacea, but uh, looks like he looks good having that he in check. Jolly. He looks jolly. Yeah. I did his like. Did his, I don't know, I, I've never done AA. I know my dad did for a while, but, like, mm -hmm. his journey, like, of him being like, yeah, I'll go into AA, just, like, seemed real, like, They cool, had cool. to gloss over so much about that in the movie. They did, because there's, I, like, I this whole... they would. They would. I, I, but... I knew they would to a point, but it really kind of, like, shocked, didn't shock me, but it, like, kind of, like, I was like, oh, with just how, like... Oh, okay. I'm in AA now, and um, I'm good. I'm sober. Because in the book, there's a little bit more back and forth at the very beginning. Uh huh. Right. And there's even a part. Is it three quarters of the way through where he stops at the bar? Yeah, and, has and the he moment has to like calls the calls pastor. the doctor. The, the doctor. doctor. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah has like the moment of like you know I'm I'm in the parking lot. What do I like? So it's kind of more of a oh shit a constant struggle through the book. And they, right. they do like touch it should upon be. it when they go when they go to the you Uncle Dan when they go to Dad's house. And he like pours himself a drink and offers like that's kind of like a callback to it, but it's mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, the only time in the movie I think they really reckon with it is the bar scene with his dad. <sighs> as Lloyd. that was. Do you know who that actor is? No, he is Elliot from ET. <laughs> that's fucking Elliot from ET. He, he plays the young, uh, the young version of the dad in Haunting of Hill House. Netflix. Holy it's, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew he had worked with Flanagan before because yes. I remember reading that. But. It, and Cliff Curtis, he does a lot of stuff. He was in The Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, he played B Billy, his best friend, who again gets his head, brains blowed out because the snake bite lady tells him to do it, Yay. which was so sad. Uh, he was, I mean, he's good in everything I see him in. Like, he's even good in The Meg, and that is not a great movie. Um, like, that's, a, that's what we call a popcorn flick. Like, yeah. to me, you know what's weird when your utility players are the best part of the movie is uh, Cliff Curtis and Rain Wilson. <laughs> like, they're just like, we know what movie we're, well, actually, that's to be fair, Jason Stratham knows what movie he's in, too. It's called The Movie That Makes Me Money Movie. Yeah. <laughs> because of Jake Shark. Um, but no, he was really good. And the little girl who plays Abra was fucking amazing. Oh, she was great. I, yeah. yeah. I just remember something else they changed, because in the book, she's related to Danny Torrance. Yeah. Like, there's this whole, like, kind of thing about how Jack had what? an affair, oh, and Jesus. how that's his, like, it's his half-sister? Yeah. Something like that. I hated that about the book. You did? Yeah. Or was it the mom was, like... 
the, the sister. The mom I, it doesn't had a, and then there was. That's, oh, now that's a little depressing. So like he technically is her uncle. So see, which was kind of ha ha funny in the book, but then it was like, no, but that's like adding midichlorians. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> accurate. Just let people shine a little bit without that's being true. related. They, they don't have to be related all the time. Well, and they and they also talk about in this movie too that as society continues to get older, people shine less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I found to be very Ugh. fascinating. I really and hated I that like... one line though about these kids on their phones and their social medias don't shine as bright these days. Like that, that annoyed the crap out of me. Uh, see, I, I that didn't bother me too much. But, but I mean, yes, it is a is a trope. Like I would have probably wrote something in that cliche into something. <laughs> but uh, in, in all fairness, I would have totally been that guy. Yeah, you know. But uh, Insta talks in their tickgram. But see, that's what I would have done. I would have done that. I was just like. Where's the Graham Instas and the book faces and the Tweety Birds? I would have done that shit, which would have made it way worse. Way worse. It's like, oh, dear God, I hate you. I know you already said you hate him, though, but can we talk about how cute that cat was? No, no, okay. Well, that was the whole basis of why he wrote the fucking book. I read it. I read an interview. I thought that's, I think it's maybe in the Wikipedia uh, for it. He, uh, He talks about how he was fascinated by the wives' tale, and then apparently someone viewed it, watched it. A cat would go in a hospice home, would always go to the rooms where people would sadly die, and, and the cat would be with them while they died. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost like, yeah, that person's gone soon. We should probably... And he's like, I'm fascinated by that. And what better... Because I, I had an idea for Danny coming back. What if Danny's that guy? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was just like... And then he's like, and so then I wrote Dr. Sleep. Well, no, he put it out on Twitter or something. It's like... Do you people think I should write this next, or should I write another Dark Tower book or something? And they're just like, <laughs> no, it was something like that. And they, I, apparently, it was like an overwhelming like vote for Doctor Sleep. Please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know why though. When I read the book, I I don't know if they ever actually described the cat, and I just kind of glossed over it. But I and maybe this is because my mom has a black cat, but I just kind of imagine it'd be like more like a tabby kind of black cat. But that was a damn cute cat. That was. Yeah. Well, I will say though, the eyes in the first time you see the cat is, are just pure black, mm-hmm. and I was like. Is it a demon? What's going on? And then it meant nothing. It's just a fucking cat, you yep. idiot. Yeah, because in the second time you could see it's eye. Bless the second time you see it, and he's like, oh, good kitty, whatever. I don't know why I did Obi-Wan, Ian McGregor. Um, but he pets it, and you can see it like, oh, it's a normal cat. You know, Mother also, fuck. can we talk about Ewan McGregor does some of the best accent work? Like, I forget that he's not American yeah. sometimes. It is aggravating like, how decent he is. Especially at, he was like a voice actor. I'm sure you're like, mm, like shaky fist, but it's just like, there are times where I'm just like, oh, that's right. He's British or Scottish or I forget. He, he's Scottish. Uh, Scottish. I think. I think. He's a citizen of the world. Yeah. He's a citizen <laughs> of the world. Well I, done. I did love that kind of streamlining callback though. When, when he goes into the first room of the hospice patient and the guy keeps calling him doc. Yeah. Like that, that, that struck a little heart chord for me. Yeah. It's really touching in the book, actually, how they develop. Like, mm-hmm. he starts getting called Dr. Sleep, and the doc thing sort of comes full circle to mm-hmm. where it's like that was always part of him, and he eventually discovers it when he gets into recovery. Like, well, and, and yeah, it's just the, the alcoholism part of it is you can't have Danny's story in the book universe without that being as important as it is Mm -hmm. because like of course with an alcoholic father and that kind of traumatic experience as a kid i mean the overlook that alone at the beginning where you find out that jack broke his fucking arm just Mm -hmm. yanking Yanking it at some point um because he was messing with his book his papers yeah so 
one of the things I appreciated about the book was the fun parallel between Danny having a sponsor, sponsors the word in AA, and then basically being Abra's sponsor for Her Shining, Shining mm-hmm. which it, it's once you see it, it's like, oh, haha, I see. But it's never like he never hits you over the head with it. And it's just sort of a fun parallel. And I thought they did a pretty good job in the book, too. Yeah. Um, in the movie. Well, in a I way, mean. like, in a way, like, Danny is Abra's dick. Halloran. Yeah. Hall- Halloran. Exactly. Like, yeah. Kind of, you know, guides her and talks to her. Although I will point out, whoever wrote the uh, Wikipedia summary of this movie, like, talk about Danny having a relationship with Abra. And I was just like, ooh, poor choice of words there, but okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's in, in AA, too, like, the last step of recovery is helping others recover. Mm-hmm. And I really liked Dick. What he finally says to Danny is, like, you're going to help her because she came to you. Like, mm-hmm. you just showed up and I've been stuck with you forever. Like, <laughs> it's just what you do now as someone yeah. who shines. You find someone else, you help you them. You help them shine. I thought that was really cool. Because well, they talk about his uh, his sponsor friend is also, he also has a little bit of shine to him as well. Yeah. At least in the in the book, he does. And they sort of well, they, they, yeah, like in A little bit, they talk about, yeah. Yeah, again, like one line. They, they do a good yeah. job of not hitting you over the head with it, but... Uh, which I will say this movie, I like that, is they let you get 2 plus 2 equals 4, mm-hmm. even if it's just not as well-developed as it is in the book, and that's due to time or whatever, streamlining. But, like, I appreciate that a whole fuck of a lot more than than not doing it or just actually bashing you over the head. It's like, here's the shining, blah, 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 yeah. blah. It's like, nah, I don't know. It's like having that big, like, realization moment where you're like, oh. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll get back on with another just quibble I had. Did the did the editing bother either of you? No. There were certain like cuts or pacing things that I was just like, like the the very first scene was one that I think I actually like kind of first like noticed it, like the cuts like from like uh, shot to shot just kind of felt off in a weird way, and I I'm not that into like film it... art tour and like editing in general that I can like really put my finger on what bothered me about it. Mm-hmm. But just something about it I was like, oh it just it kinda like Well it opens me, up but with... not in a fun horror movie way. Like when he they're at the where are they at the overlook? Is that no, what you're no, about? like in like when that little girl is talking to Rose Rose, oh, Rose uh... the Hat. Like just the cuts between those two like shots. Just I don't know. It was like just a, it was a really it felt out of place and just a little like incohesive in certain spots like not the entire movie but i don't know i like i said i can't really put my finger on why but it was just something that i noted especially that the you're you're you just said something that brought something up to me and I, i'll throw it out there real quick did anyone think that with the way the movie ended that he was going to get blamed for the murder of the children danny would have mm. no. no no follow my train of thought on this uh, he dug up the body, his DNA prints. Even granted, they were both wearing gloves, mm-hmm. but like the boy's baseball glove is at that house and it does have his prints because he handed it to Abra. Now, granted, it has Abra's too, but like Danny's room says red rum, mm-hmm. murder. Mm-hmm. Uh. And he's also talking to the child. It looks like he's talking to a child. And then also he came over to visit his, you know, Uncle Danny came over, mm-hmm. and then also that guy ended up dying, and then Abra disappeared. Mm-hmm. And he blows up in Colorado. And he blows up in Colorado, where I mean, Abra uh, happens <laughs> to be at before she comes home. And so I guess there's. I was yeah, afraid that was what they were. There. I was afraid that's what they were going to do, and it was made. It made me just super bummed because I was like, no, he's doing like 
He's dying the hero's mm-hmm. death. Don't fucking... I swear to God, they're just going to twist the knife and make him be the one who killed all the kids or whatever. And I'm like, fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. And if they did shoot it, thank God they didn't put it in the movie. Because that was really... Because my first thing is, yeah. when murder shows up, and I don't know how it is in the book, but if murder, red rum, whatever, shows up on my fucking wall, my first thing is that, oh shit, how am I going to fix the wall? I need to fix the wall. Okay. I do not want to be staring at that. Especially if I have other problems that might mm-hmm. make other things worse. You know. I feel like the huge just like nerdy hipster right now for me like well in the book but I feel like in the book they alert the authorities like anonymously maybe I can't quite I can't remember I can't recall but I feel like there's like <laughs> there's something where they they like kind of like leave a tip but they don't but they also like go through measures to make sure that isn't that sad though too that my, our brain is and this is what it's also sad for writers is that you can never have a thing where it's like they leave a tip and it's anonymous because in the back of your mind it's like well yeah but it's present day mm-hmm. they can trace your fucking phone call is... which means you're going to get arrested so I was just yeah, like the book did take place at a different time no so, yeah so yeah. anyway I just sure. I had to get that out there before we what other what other stuff do you guys both got on that since we're just jumping all over the yeah, place yeah, you know. I liked the in, being in each other's heads like that oh, kind of visualization. That was really well done. Like, was that in the, the book at any? Oh yeah. Yeah. But like the the like the filing cabinets. Oh and... my god, yes. Although I was confused why was Abra wearing a wig in roses, but Oh, okay. So <laughs> there was a no, 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 I got it. There was a shot when you first go to her room when she's in a, like oh, yeah, yeah an and it's an anime figure. action figure. Oh, and she has it, the only reason why I didn't realize that until the end is that they do a shot again at the end of the movie huh. where she's in bed talking to Danny, okay. and you can see it there. And I was just like, "Motherfucker, that's why her hair was blue." Because I was just, complaint retracted. I thought she was doing Sia I'm or just something. An idiot. <laughs> no, I thought she was doing was it Sia? That's doing her? Sia. I'm just no. I just, want, I just want that to be in my vocabulary now. Pull to Sia. You just wear a weird fucking wig for no goddamn reason, and you're just like, and you know, you look cool, so you know. Um, yeah, because I was like, why is she doing a Sia? I mean, yeah, she looks cool. And also, no eyes. Nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, freaky as fuck. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I... Okay. Our really audience like cheered, by the way, too, when she got her hand fucking chopped in there. There was only like 10 of us, but we were just like... It was more like a quiet, like, yeah! Get fucking kill her! Like, it was just... Yeah. That's... I did like uh, one change that they made, like because like in the book, you know, Abra is like related to Danny somehow. But I did like that oh, that yeah, entire family was like, you know, like people of color. Like, I feel like that's so like underrepresented in like movies, yeah. Especially like the horror genre, especially like usually it's like you know it's always that trope of like the black guy dies first, right? I kind of liked that they put her in a position of power in this movie. It yeah. was super yeah. cool. And I. Yeah, I really, I really, now, did the, the thing in the book, was it where he wrecks the car? Was that also in the book, too? Yes. Okay. Like, where he takes, he takes over, over Abra, which, basically. that was amazing, and my first theory is, I mean, I used to be, because I have Last Jedi in my head, I was like, oh my god, he's going to do that, and it's going to kill him, just because she's so powerful. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, the last of my energy will go into that, and then, then she'll walk away, and then... But I also heard that they go to the Overlook, so I was like, eh, it might not happen. But well, um, they go back to the site of the Overlook in the books. They do, but it's like a it's like a watchtower or like a national park. Yeah, and the True Knot like is a, they have a campsite there. Yeah, the whole thing about the True Knot is they're like they're pensioners who just travel around in RVs, and that's like their cover. Which another interesting a, a thing they had in the book that I was interested why they chose not to include it. Um, in this, maybe it's just because it was, like, too convoluted. Essentially, they take steam from someone who has chlamydia. 
and the STD transfers through the steam, and that's how that's the tr- that's how the true knot starts dying off. Is they all contract like these STDs essentially yeah like it, it was like chlamydia or, or it was measles, some measles or, or something yeah, yeah it was like some but it's like one of those like you know like vaccinations are important kids and like they get like they get like a weird STD STI or like you know preventable preventable something and that's how the true knot starts cycling with like boils and sores that thank you Stephen King today on Stephen's Corner we're going to tell you an important message right in the middle of Dr. Sleep. Go for it, Steve. Well, kids, vaccinate because, you know, you might get chlamydia when you steal someone's shining. And get your STI checks. They're get, important. They are important. Jesus. That's, yeah. I mean, like, the like fuck said, Stephen King? Like I said, it's a very convoluted thing, but it was like kind of, it made sense for why they started cycling. Like, it was, yeah. it was a good kind of, like, and, reason why they started And by the way, off. when she, when Rose tells Snakebite Lady that uh that it's like i never said forever my brain went yeah you fucking did but then when she said it again i was like oh no she didn't mm-hmm. but now i question if she actually did and then she corrected herself when she did it to danny you know at the end mm-hmm. she's like you can live a long time mm-hmm. yep. and i was just like is she correcting herself now or i don't know since we're on it yeah rebecca ferguson was so she unbelievable did a good. great job the Holy cast in shit. general was pretty great well, i also like so in the like in the, ferguson in, she in the books the true not like is like oh. many 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 people i like that they kind of like pared it down to the essentials in this movie yeah. and also i know you guys haven't watched it but um the guy who was like the older guy with kind of the gray hair not the one that cycled but like he was like a little bit bigger and like had like kind of the longer gray hair oh yeah he plays mr dudley in the haunting of hill house which was a character from the original book and he is so good in that series he gives like this damn five minute long monologue about his wife losing a baby and like it was probably the most compelling thing i watched last year it was so good so Give that show a try if you. No, haven't. yeah. Well, I remember people talking about it, and I think it just got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I like, will say, it, for anyone who hates jump scares, it only has like one really bad jump scare. But other than that, it's all just like character tension building, and it's it was like it, it was just a really good series. Like I'll just watch an episode here and here and then to just watch it. That's again, good because it's a really good series. That's good. I know, but Ferguson, though you are right, was to me. Well, to me, the breakaways were Abra and Rose the Hat. Like those two actors, just. Oh, they were fucking. They shined. It. Hey, <laughs> and we're out. I said the magic word. You said the magic word. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, it's okay. That was, uh, I mean, absolutely that was well done. nailed the like creepy, hypersexual, but that way for a, a very good reason. Like I. It's weird to be really attracted to and terrified of a character at the same time, guys. That's what I'm getting to. Because she's gorgeous, and then she starts murdering a kid, and it's like, I don't know. I want to know why Danny... How did Danny know how to turn on that boiler? Because he just does it like it's second nature. That is true, because they don't talk about it in the movie, I guess the he, Shining. In like the book, he's kind of like a groundskeeper, like maintenance guy, so I'm sure like it's... You know, like it's like a, it's like a Keurig. Everyone knows how to work a Keurig. Maybe yeah. it's something like that. But that was something that I was like, like, cause he just like walks in and he's like, flip, 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 poke, 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 like buttons. And because they don't really go into the boiler too much in the original movie, which I feel like they were trying to kind of homage more. Yeah. How would he know how to do that? <laughs> well, did anyone catch in the boiler room of the picture of the twins? No. It freaked me out. Oh, well, cause in the, in the book, 
the twins were the daughters of the original um owner of the inn- no the innkeeper, oh, innkeeper who killed his wife and kids yep. oh. which is why so I th- maybe that's why because he was in the boiler room oh, oh that's fucked up yeah that's oh, so good damn it, now i want to see that again it's I it's uh it it's when you walk in it's the one shot where he he nice i will say touch. this though and, and art and it's not really a good defense either it's because i agree with you it's it's like how did he fucking know how to turn it on but when he walked in they do that shot of like it's almost like a wa- establishing shot of the room where it's like at a weird angle where you can see the left side of the wall and you can see the right side of the wall where the actual main generator is. There's like a cabinet and it's on top of, if I remember correctly, it's on top of the cabinet or top of the fridge or something on the side right before you get to the generator. It's right there and it's like a big, weird, oblong rectangle of a picture. Hmm. Um, it, just, it looks like it's out of a frame or something. That's it's, touch that at all. Dang. I just remember, you just see two people sitting right next to you and they're wearing the same exact clothes and it's like fucking twins. Did you guys know that the uh, <sighs> original Danny was made a cameo? Like the the actor who played Danny Torrance in the Kubrick movie. It doesn't surprise me, but I didn't know that he's in the baseball scene. I guess like he's in the crowd. Oh, with he's like, one of the dads or something. Boy. Yeah, nice. And I guess like he's been he literally has not act been an actor since that movie. Like now he's That's like a school cool. he's a school teacher, which I find kind of poignant because in the like Jack is a school teacher yeah. in the book. Like Jack Torrance oh, wow. is, a, is a teacher. So I was like, that's kind of cool, actually. It's got to be weird to be arguably one of the most iconic characters in the history of film, and nobody knows who you are. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. cool. Well, it's kind of like, uh, almost, that's kind of like Ralphie from Christmas Story. Like, he's been in a ton of Marvel movies, yeah. and people don't realize it's him. The bar scene with Jack as the bar, like, becoming the bartender, that was a super cool change. That I was really beautiful. liked that. Like, yeah. having Jack become Lloyd... It's, right, and when it made it, for me, it made me wonder: Was Lloyd the caretaker before he was? Oh, yeah. he was. Yeah, it's it's addressed in, in the book, and in in the Doctor Sleep book, like J- the only way that Jack is mentioned is either in memory or at the very end after like the battle is over, like Danny turns and like sees Jack in the distance as a ghost, and like they wave at each other, and that's their closure. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but it's bummer closure, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, but. I didn't know this until I saw it. Chapter two is that uh, Stephen King apparently has problems with endings, or at least his the readers think so. And I he can't does. really vouch for it, mm-hmm. but like I mean, that does sound kind of dumb. <laughs> like he, no, it's not dumb. It's just it's kind of come on, man. It's Let's... like I said with Duma Key earlier. Sometimes he's so good, eighty percent of the way there, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of lose your way it's like it's like it's like any kind of sketch or improv scene like endings are the hardest part sometimes yeah. I, it makes you kind of want to where he doesn't put himself into it like in dark tower but it's well that was the thing that python did is that oh you just start the next sketch which yep. is like what if you just start the next book <laughs> and then you just end it and you don't find out what the next part of the book was that's what he should fucking do. Steven, I'm here yeah. for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Roland just gets domed on, like, page 20 of book five. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, like, another change that I liked from the, the books, we'll say, is, like, the possession of Ewan. Yeah. Like, after the ghosts. and you know, going, I like how going, one eye was, yeah. And going after Abra. Like, that was something that got, that was something that happened in The Shining, the book, and that they brought into this movie. Which I appreciated. Oh, where Jack actually did talk to Danny and was just like, hey, you need to get out of here because I'm losing control. Yep. Which was another oh. note that I had of, Abra, what part of run do you not understand? <laughs> she was like every like sorority girl in a horror movie. I was like, get out of there. Well, I, well, I, part of me does feel like she is a little naive and like, and she, 
well, Danny is her teacher, and Danny will be able to overcome it. And it's like, no. But he tells her to run several times. Uh, no, no. Oh, I know. I'm with <laughs> I know, you. I know. I'm with I know, you. I know, but like, there, I'm trying to in my brain make you know head cannon work in that. Why aren't you? Why do you know run well? <laughs> I guess also just because they do kind of show her to be like you know this like kind of like badass teen the entire time who like gets on a bus to go talk to her like shine friend and you know well she has like this like super cool looking room that i wish i had a little bit now that you say that i did not at all during that movie think of her as a badass unless it was stuff in the shining like the dreamscape like when that happened i was like she's badass but like i just thought she was like a she's like a really smart kid who just knows what to do and what not well for the most part she doesn't know when to run apparently so this kind of blows that argument Which, up. Which, I mean, I'm going I'm to okay boomer myself for a minute here and be like... <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing that's happening right now, everybody. So like kids these days. <laughs> Where are we Abra. at? I'm Abra. Sorry. Cool. Abra. Cool girl. She, uh, she, she's a cool girl. I never thought of her as a, that much of a badass. I just thought like she has a good head on her shoulders and... Well, I don't know. I feel like she's a badass just from having the shine not really having a guide until Dan comes into her life. That's yeah. And she, you know, yeah. like, yeah. she like is smart enough and like with it enough to know like, Oh, I can't really talk to my parents about it. Cause they get weird. And then, you know, she has the whole thing with like, well, I'm going to set a trap for Rose. And that was, yeah. I mean, they show her as a very capable young woman the entire time. And I was like, really? And I, 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 I dig see, it. I really I see what you're dig saying. it. Yeah. I think then, that says it better, is that... I think they just kind of fell into a horror movie trope there with like, well, she can't run that fast because then how is she going to get caught? That's true. Well, I, I think that's a better way of saying it, is that she is she is showing herself, the movie is showing her to be just super capable of anything, whether it be Shining related or non-Shining related. And then she just starts doing this typical horror well, I mean, girl even, like, stuff. She, like, Googles like the baseball boy, like like no like go search for missing kids. I Okay. I was an idiot when i was a teenager i would have never <laughs> thought about doing that <laughs> so i know you said you liked ewan's death like yeah, i'm sorry Dan, Dan, was... dan's death but um yeah yeah and i i do like your point that you made a lot it actually kind of made me rethink my opinion i guess i just kind of i was more bummed because i really dug the end of the book so at the end of the book like he you know they survive and essentially he kind of goes on to sort of just be like an like an uncle to abra and there's even like this kind of like nice moment in the book where the mom, like Abra's mom, talks about how she kind of lost control for the first time in a long time and like broke some stuff and like with her shine. And it turns out it's because she had like a beer at a party when she was a teenager. And so he kind of like wards her off the path of becoming an alcoholic. Yeah. And like I kind of liked that. I'm not saying that Ghost Dan couldn't do that. Yeah. But I, I kind of. I appreciated that he survived at the end of Dr. Sleep and was more active, earned it, earned it as a wrong phrase to use. But I, I mm-hmm. liked that he got to live his life after doing the work of becoming a better person. Not to say that Jack could never have gotten there. Yeah. Like if they hadn't gone to the overlook, maybe he would have been okay. Yeah. But you know, like I think it, it's, it's kind of point. I, I, I really appreciated that, you know, Danny got to, like, settle his demons and move on with his life. Yeah. Well, that was a really fulfilling part of the book. Right? And So once, the ending turned out okay for the most part. Mm-hmm. Well, minus the whole waving at Jack thing. But, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, well, so when I read that on Wikipedia, I was, like, looking forward to it. And then I was like, 
why are you in the boiler room? And I was like, you can get out. You can get out. You might bleed to death, but you'll get out. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the fire, I was like, son of a bitch. I mean, the They're going to go for the set. Hit, like when she well, and she said that. That, that does like, that. that well, is a good point. That but she, you know. Who may have not survived? Because honestly, like they're out in the bum-fucked yeah. bum, yeah. bum Egypt. I got you. And I mean, so it does make sense. that, like, Even though the cops are showing up at the end. Yeah, that was amazing. Like they have a great call time. There's like, there's this like great, like, you know, whole thing about the original Shining where it's like, oh, nobody can get here during the winter. Well, it's 2019. We can just, you know, drive on the slippery slopes. Can you? Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Just like that. We just slip and slide all over the mountain. I've already almost slipped on ice once this winter. I'm I'm oh a disaster. God. I'm gonna I'm die one day, excited. guys. I'm sorry. I well, I, 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 well, I hope so because no offense, everyone's going to die. Hopefully, I mean, at some point, are. unless you go live forever, and then that becomes depressing. I'm not all about. I'm not about killing children to catch their steam. Oh, I no, I didn't mean that way. I now, know. now I'm sad again. <laughs> and it was already kind of sad to begin with because immortality is. Hey, imagine if they showed that little girl getting killed. That would have been horrible. Jesus that Christ! That was no, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Technically, we saw the snake bite lady die, but I really did think she was gonna like at the end be like, "I want a choice and like I'll save." Her. But then it's like, no, nope. she's like, "Kill yourself." I think. <laughs> I think she was. She was there as plot development. She was there to show how the true knot recruits and yeah. which, makes members. Which and, again, I'm I'm very fine with. That was the weird thing. So kind of tying with that into the ending, what we're talking about. I am bummed that Danny did die. Mm-hmm. I do. I wish that they would have done the book ending, uh, from what how you're describing it to me. But at the same time, it I felt like it did kind of. Well, it, it's weird. So Danny, at least in the movie, and now that I think about this, the movie is really just about getting over trauma mm-hmm. and dealing with trauma. Mm-hmm. And I feel like i don't know why but i i feel like danny's journey it weirdly justifies that that's how it happens even though i don't agree with it because to me that does sound like a better especially after all the hard work he's done because that was my thing he was like he did all this work he became a good person um he was already a good person but like he was able to fight that and do all this and that and and he dies. It's just, well, it's, it's sad. Well, that's how life is. And, and I was like, but he, he paid, he did have a debt to pay for d- whatever. But then and then he gets to be a force ghost. That is true. <laughs> I agree with you though. Like I, I felt kind of robbed that like, you know, he did all this yeah. work and then like, I, I do agree that it was kind of cool how they tried to like, almost like dovetail the two, the, the two mediums, like the book yeah. and the movie to like, kind of like conclude in that way. And I'm also just, like, really impressed with, like, uh, you know, the director, Flanagan, for being able to almost talk Stephen King down from having to do, like, a direct, like, book-to-movie adaptation. Like, he, like, from what I read, he essentially was kind of like, people are, people associate The Shining with the movie first and foremost, sorry. Mm -hmm. So we need to bring elements of that into this and adaptation. it works so well and i'm flanagan and, and the whole team did a, a really good job with that because i remember you know when actors say shit in interviews they're there to promote shit mm-hmm. and sometimes they don't even want to be there mm. and, and and they they don't want to watch themselves so they don't even know what the final product really looks like but mcgregor was saying is like i feel we've done a really good service to the book and the movie and i hope people will get into theaters to see that and i'm like no it really was it was yep I mean, from what I've read of the books and then what I remember of The Shining, I mean, yeah. And that's some iconic shit that mm-hmm. they did. And my first instinct was, man, I'm kind of sad that they didn't, like, digitally 
not even just digitally, just they just didn't try to like just take old footage or something. And granted, you realize that they couldn't do that anyway because well, there's other was scenes they need to made? show. 1978, 79? Like, around there, yeah. That would be... I feel like even if you were trying to take a movie from 10 years ago and doing that, that'd be tough. Well, have you seen the deep fakes where with Jim Carrey playing Jack? They freak me out. I can't do it. Yeah. They, 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 they concern me so much. I think they, I think the technology is there that it looks like scarily good. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting the voice right would be hard. But I was like, they're still alive. Get them to come in and voice themselves. Well, apparently they, they were thinking about approaching oh, were they? Uh, Jack. Nicholson. Oh, but he was. But he's very adamant about being retired. Yeah. Which is I, fine. Good for that, I guess. But then, but then get like someone like that can do a good Jack Nicholson. Well, <laughs> I don't. know. I mean, Elliot. They they. He did a good job though. The he hair did a, and like, oh, I think I even had a note like, oh my god, those eyebrows. Like they, yeah. they, they gave him false eyebrows. Well, and I like too that when you actually finally do see his face, mm-hmm. because I like that they let you sit in the awkwardness of that. Well, we know it's not going to be Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Just the hand. It's just the hand, Hands, and then yeah. oh my god, it's but because it, then it because it's a weird thing because The Shining is so part of our nomenclature and and, and pop culture. Yeah. The first instinct is always here's Johnny, and you mm-hmm. see the face, and then this one they just sit there and you hear the voice and you go hello dad, and then he goes I don't know who you're talking about uh, I'm whatever a bartender, yeah. and then there's a long pause. And they still just don't show. You just see the yep. hand. You don't fucking see his face. So then you just go, well, it's not Jack. And then it's like your body comes down and it's like, is that is that is that his actual dad? Because then you go back into the story, mm-hmm. which was nice. I felt like it actually gave you as an audience member time to go, it's not going to be Jack Nicholson. It's still not Jack Nicholson. Calm yeah. the fuck down. Mm-hmm. And now take a, take a breather like, like Danny is. And then when you switch over and he does that weird, creepy, like, Jack Nicholson like look pose, down, look, look down, yeah. like you want a drink or something like. That was Dear. also a really good scene, just like the the temptation and like the. Oh my god! Your medicine. Pour, pouring him Jack, like just. Mm. Yeah, and then he even talks about how like this is what my dad drank, and mm. I remember it burning and whatever. I'm just like, oh my god! Like yeah, it's such a good scene. Um, well, the whole movie was just. It was nice that for the most part I walked out going like that was just a, a really good, well written movie, and it 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 did service two people or two types of things, which you probably really always shouldn't do necessarily, but it did a good job of it. It's not like when you watch a book or a movie, you know, usually it's like, well, I like this more than that one, and yeah, you can have moments like that in the movie, but the movie still stands on its own yeah. really well, which that's it, hard to say sometimes. I think you can legitimately read both books and watch both movies and like they it's it's cool having done all of it seeing how all the pieces fit together like yeah. that, that was the most fun part of it for me is just kind of seeing what they were going to do with it yeah and yeah. You know, like you don't have to pick one or the other the mm-hmm. way you feel like you do a lot of times with an adaptation where it's like you either like the book or you like the movie yeah. like there's I would say, like, yeah. of the two, like, say, like, Doctor Sleep, the book, versus the movie, I think I would come out saying I prefer the movie. Just... I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. And, I mean... And isn't that interesting, too, is that in, uh, when you feel that way about a book-to-movie or movie-to-book, whatever, is, is sometimes also influenced by the casting of the role. So even if you didn't enjoy the movie, the, the casting and the acting was good enough that you're just like, I still kind of like that more. Mm-hmm. Granted, this movie didn't have that problem. It, the movie was good on its own, the, and the acting was part of that, and it was still fantastic. Um, yeah, I just... Oh, man. I'm, see, I'm just feeling sad that Danny didn't live. Because <laughs> yeah. Ian McGregor did such a good job. Like, I, you, I wanted him to have that relationship with Abra. 
that and not just in ghost form because that was the thing that that bummed me out and you can tell me if they did this in the book or they went into it further but when dick was able well no dick was still alive yeah. wasn't he so he didn't so in in the book when dick appears to him in the hospice center like there's some kind of throwaway line of this is the last time you're gonna see me because like something yeah. about like how certain spirits or ghosts like only have so much quotation marks energy that they can expend to come back into the living world so okay. the hospice center where he like kind of warns him or like talks to him about i forget what um that's like the last time that dick halloran and danny torrance like get to be with one another and talk to each other no right and that 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 to me that one little bit of that one little line set up the tragedy furthermore of that that when he does die he's not going to be able to be there for abra Mm -hmm. like he only gets like maybe like what maybe six visits or something or maybe not even that it could be different for him too because he he he's like in the books he's always said to have more shine than halloran for example like he was yeah like he always talks about how like like dick always says to danny like you know he he has some kind of like kind of like like a lighthouse compared yeah. to a well, lighthouse, or yeah, a lighthouse compared like to a that. flashlight, something like that. So, like, kind of like comparing the power level. So, it, there's sure. always a chance that he could stick around longer. But at some point, it's still it's like it's finite. Yeah. At some point, he there, will run there out. There is something. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like there's there's bummer. a point in the very first book where like uh like instead of like in the kitchen like it happens in the movie like Dick takes uh, Danny to his car to talk to him, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, can you like show me show me your shine a little bit? He's like, can you say hi to me? And like. Danny says hi Dick in his head and like <laughs> Dick Halloran basically like it's it's like you know Eleven and Stranger Things like gets like blood trickling out of his nose and he's like all disoriented because like it's so loud that it's like it's like having like you know like a concert speaker like oh, blaring yeah, in your ear yeah, essentially yeah. <laughs> and also he probably doesn't control it enough that he can make it not do that or is that a thing oh yeah because no, he's like six in the books right okay yeah so yeah it's like one of those it kind of like it's one of those like comparisons of a power that well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I love the mythology behind just that one throwaway line is that it's finite. So then when, so the fact that Danny dies and he does come to her, yeah. it's just like, oh man, you can only do this so many times. Mm-hmm. And then Uncle Danny's gone. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's sad because that's the relationship. Yeah, they, they, they did such a good job of building that relationship from over to the books and the film that mm-hmm. you really wanted to see it through. Um, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, we didn't really talk about him much. I actually enjoyed the guy who played Crow. I thought he did a really good job of doing that weird, like, I'm skeevy, but I'm also just trying to live. Johnny Depp slash... Yeah, the Johnny Depp guy. What was his... I, I forgot the name already. Oh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. <laughs> like, they, I, I swear to God, like, I thought it was Johnny Depp or Mickey Rourke for about the first five minutes I saw him. Just, like, the weird tan yeah. with the... Yeah. yeah no, uh, I thought he did a good job, too. No, he was great. He, Zach McLaren. He was really good. And he had a... Honestly, in my opinion, he also had, like, a cool... For a horror movie, he had a cool death scene, mm-hmm. I thought. Like, the way, like, they revealed the body. Like, they didn't show you... Usually in a horror film, especially today, they, like, show you the, the gruesomeness of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. The shock of the, the accident itself from Abra's perspective is in itself kind of terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you've been in an accident before. I think we've all been, like, even minor fender benders. It's a little jarring. Oh, I've totaled my car. It's horrifying. Oh, I have too. Yeah. yeah. There's that shot where you just see her kind of wake up and it's... Well, they focus on her as a close-up of her, but then they do a shot of from her looking out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can you can you see something moving, and you're just like, "Oh shit, is he getting up?" And then you realize, "No, he's writhing in pain. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. dying." Thank God. But mm-hmm. then they don't cut to it right away. You just focus on Abra, and I'm just like, 
and the thing is you hate him so much because he's a villain you want to see him die and they're not giving that to you right away mm-hmm. they're making you earn it and that's why I was just like damn it that's just not a cool way to have your death shot and I don't know I just I feel like all the scenes like that in this movie like everything did feel kind of well earned or whatever I I did like with the true knot how they kind of showed like like the eyes glowing but it like wasn't like they turned into monsters but they just had like little like tiny yep. little lights in their pupils also, just hearkening back to Twin Peaks for a hot second, the the Grandpa Flicker, whatever his name was, the, the yeah, older, like I I thought for a hot second that was the giant from Twin Peaks. It's not. It's, it's Lurch not. from the Adams Family movie, though. Wait a minute, I have the wiki. No, oh, I just no. want to see if, if it was. While you guys look that up, please. One thing, I've always really enjoyed that it's just an unbuckled seatbelt. It is Twin Peaks. I was. I was it right. was. Oh, that's the giant from Twin Peaks. It is the giant from Twin Peaks. Yeah, he was also in Men in, Men in Black. He played the one guy with the cat, yeah. two cats. Anyway. It's happening again. It's Just, happening again. Yeah, they're almost immortal, but mm-hmm. something as fucking stupidly human as not buckling your seatbelt is still enough to kill you. And mm-hmm. you're, like, you can't escape the stupidity of humanity in yeah. some ways. Which always is be pretty great. Flawed oh, yeah. in our idiocy. I also appreciated during that whole like fight scene how they're they're kind of like, it's like almost like vampire status. Like, if you get a mortal wound, poof, yep. dust. Immediately. Yeah. Well, and it depends on how bad the mortal wound is. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, what was it? Was it Snakebite girl gets like shot. She gets nicked like two times and then finally shot yep. pretty brutally. So yeah. then she, yeah. But yeah, the, the one guy from the Haunting on Hill House or whatever, he like almost goes instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a few other people that they get shot and they just kind of lay there for a second and then they slowly, like they're bleeding out. I wonder if that matters, like how old you are, like in the tr- in true not years. Ooh, see, that's what I'm, I love the mythology behind this, and I don't I don't know if they're going to do any more. What if there's like three people all standing together, and they all shoot themselves in the head at the same time, but one of them doesn't die like quite as fast and is able to like breathe in all of the mist from the other people and then heal? Yeah. Ooh. I'm just because maybe did, that's like a crazy game of Russian roulette they no, play when I they did, get old I did and like bored. when the grandpa died. Like they had that whole moment where they all kind of like the sadness went, and then and then boom. went in and like sucked up his steam. It was yeah. that was something like, they did. They don't they don't do in the book. I don't, I don't think, think. But so. it was like I was like, oh, oh, that's well. Also in the book, uh, when grandpa dies, he has chlamydia, so they didn't want to get the chlamydia. <laughs> Double chlamydia. Double chlamydia. Super chlamydia. <laughs> Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I I will say I do feel like it is hurting because it's not called The Shining 2. The Doctor Sleep, The Shining 2, or they, it's not really necessarily in there. Granted, I feel like people know what it is, but like there were people at my job that didn't know what Doctor Sleep was. They, have people who they know, thought it was a Stephen King is, movie. I, I That's would, all they knew. Yeah. And, Joe Schmo buying a coffee at Starbucks in the morning, and of course he's arguing over his quarter, and he bought a stupid coffee, because fuck you, Joe. Um, he doesn't know that it's The Shining 2. Right. He, yeah, he just knows it's a Stephen King movie, and those are hit or miss for me. You know. I mean, it could also it could also be suffering from the fact that not all Stephen King adaptations are great. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. It's this, hit. Or, it's very hit or miss. The Dead Zone movie, or like the Dark Tower movie that like. Oh, oh. that movie doesn't exist. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. So, what do we think about Doctor? I well, Kyle. Well. Well, Kel, I really? like that they didn't have Super Committee in the movie. Um, that didn't sound as super fast. It was kind of fascinating that that is how that grandpa died. Cause, you know, but it's also just like, okay. Yeah. 
Why can't it just be it's like it doesn't matter? Like that to me is more tragic what they did in the movie is that at some point you're going to die even no matter how much souls or signing you suck up and uh, the powder whatever. Uh the powder smoke. Mm-hmm. Um steam. Soul steam. Yeah, thank you the steam. That's what it's I called. I ultimately really liked the movie. And I if did you too. had explained to me going into it how they were going to try to bridge the gap between the movies and the books, I would have been like, you can't do that. That's not going to work. I, I, but it did. It was kind of like a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I feel like, Matt, I feel like you're letting us down here. I feel like you have just looked at someone all serious for a second and you're like, bullshit! <laughs> Motherfucking bullshit! <laughs> and then you would have a serious discussion about it. Probably. I, I feel that, it was a missed opportunity, Matt. That checks out. That just, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what the fuck? Bullshit! Well, I can tell you a fun anecdote from last night where uh, yeah. I was at studio, so I, I like went out and had to like go to the bathroom at one point. But it was like a point in the movie that I'm like, I know exactly what's gonna happen here because it was like very like it was like it was like that pee break app. Oh, there's I got an app you. that you can like look up yeah. movies and be like, here's the great place to go pee. Yeah, and I was getting another drink, and I thought the bartender said to me, "How's it going in regard to the movie?" And I went, "Yeah, it's a little different from the book, but it's good." And then he looked at me weird, and I realized his friend was sitting at the bar and he was talking to his friend and not me so i answered yeah very unasked question and got a very righteous see i would have just doubled down at that point and be like fuck the movie let's double down on this yeah and just let's keep following that through line and see how and then i then i would cry later Mm -hmm. um oops exactly No, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I want to read the book, but I really like the movie. I would buy the movie. I enjoyed it. Honestly, Probably digitally, like but... walking out of it at first, I was a little kind of like, okay about it. But the more I thought about it yeah. and kind of what it did, mm-hmm. I, I'm, it's growing on me, I'll say. Yeah. And you prefer the book better than, than the movie? Uh, or, let's yeah. not say that. The Ooh. book has some, the book has issues. Thank you all very much for listening to this episode. Thank you guys for doing it. Um, and uh, even though we don't know when this will plug, do you have anything you guys want to plug or throw out there to tell them to visit? Nope, I'm taking a year off. Well, there's Ooh. this really cool podcast that I'm on sometimes called The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's really good. Yeah, tell us all about it. Well, What's the website URL? Goodbadgeeky.com. GBGpodcast.com? Boom. Oh, wow. That's okay. Well, anyway, let's wrap this up. Thank you guys all for coming. Thank you all for listening. And uh, goodbadgeeky at gmail.com if you want to leave your thoughts on the novel of The Shining, Dr. Sleep, or the movies as well. Thanks. Bye. The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky is presented by D4K Studios. Nick Argenbright and William Dell are executive producers. Co-producers are Ashley Carlson and Catherine Ranella. Editing and mixing are provided by Orality. Find out how Orality can help you by going to facebook.com forward slash Orality Sounds. The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky is also made possible by our Kickstarter backers. To see our backers, check out our show notes over at gbgpodcast.com. The theme and end credit tracks for The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky is by chiptune artist Hide Your Tigers. You can check out their music by going to hideyourtigers.bandcamp.com. We also featured the track from Futurama, The Devil's Hands Are Idle Playthings, an arrangement by our own Nathan Haley. If you enjoy our program, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review or subscribe to wherever podcasts are streamed. Thanks for listening.
Jeez! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place!